This is the Polycom Power Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. In this episode, product manager Randy Wintle talks about building rapport, why it matters, how to do it, and how building rapport will help grow your business. Randy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks. So it's common wisdom that in sales, it's important to build rapport or develop a relationship with prospects. But why is that so important? What's the goal of building rapport? You know, the, the goal of building rapport to me really comes down to, to building trust and, and and opening up your relationship with that person to be more than just about work, um, even if just for a minute, right? To to have um, you know that instinctive trust be established, even if you can't get a full trust level in a in a meeting with somebody, right? It's enough to feel comfortable. Um, I guess building rapport to me is is being comfortable with somebody and and not and breaking down those walls um, that we we often put up um, around us. So, I mean, the ultimate goal of any of these relationships is to make a sale. So, why is rapport important for getting to that point for actually making the sale? I got you. Yeah, sir. So the, the best thing for me, I, I usually, you know, if we talk about an example of this in our world, specifically at Polycom, we're, we're faced with a lot of different needs and demands from, from our customers and internally at the company. So the, the best way that I look at this is if we go into a new customer meeting with our prospect, our existing customer or a new prospect, we're obviously trying to sell them something of ours, but there's representation from Microsoft and Cisco and other competitors in the room and, and partners in the room that, that are all valid. You know, they all have valid concerns and valid points and, and valid stakes in this game, right? In that sale. And, and so by building, the, the reason why you need to build a rapport in that situation is it's not as easy as just going in and saying, here's what I have um, and you need it. And would you like to buy it? Right. It's not going to be obvious what the sale is. Right. And if it is, it's, it's probably wrong. Um, and in order to connect with these people to really understand what they want, you need to build a rapport with them because they are going to be used to every other sales guy coming to to give them the same pitch or try to push their product on them. And and you know they want to they want to know what is it that you have special, right? Why work with you? So that's kind of an example where the world that we're in requires us to to get down below those levels with people um, into the ne- double click into the next level of that relationship. Okay, so maybe another way of putting that is that although your goal is to get them to buy your product, the sales process itself can't just be all about the product. It's about the nature of that relationship, and you have to kind of get to the place where where you can start talking about product. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree definitely. And it's really about what the need is or what the what the problem you're trying to solve, right? You really can't focus on the product. Um, because at the end of the day, your product hopefully is solving a, a need of that customer's. And that's what the level you need to connect on with them is what is the problem or the need that you're solving for them? Maybe they don't even know that yet, too. That's the other thing is that we, we often assume that people know what it is that they're missing out on and they may not know, right? So the only way to do that is to be able to sit and listen to them and, and get a relationship with them where they, they maybe show you some information that you didn't know before. So now in your talk, you mentioned two books. One of them is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And the other was Dale Carnegie's famous book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So let's talk a little bit more about these books. Let's starting with Dale Carnegie. Just tell us a little bit about that book and why you chose to talk about it. Sure. Yeah. So that's a really popular book. As you said, it's famous. And I know there's been iterations um, you know, for, for the modern world and digital world as well. But really, um, I, I got that book given to me. I thought it was really important and monumental in how I go about my, my professional life and my daily life. But I got that book given to me 
as a, you know, from, from, a, uh, from my father saying, Hey, this is going to be very important to your success. Figure out, you know, read this book. And, and it is, uh, it has a lot of great points in it about really how to, how to help other people and know that at the end of the day, the, the best way to get things done is, is by helping somebody else out and, and knowing what motivates them. But when I first read it, I thought, this is just a book about, and, and a lot of people say this is just a book about manipulating people um, without without them really knowing it. So it's funny. I brought that up because it it gets it's almost a mandatory read for people that are going into management and leadership positions. But it can often be either like for me, for example, I didn't appreciate it all at first because I dismissed it as being a little bit too um, manipulative, right? Whereas if you apply the right parts of that story around, you know, the the concept of pulling levers to motivate people and understanding what drives people. People, then you can be successful with it. What's the gist, and and how is it different than manipulation? Yeah, you know that's the that's a uh, really tough question to answer because there's a fine line, right, between are you you are manipulating somebody's opinion, right? You're manipulating, you're educating them, hopefully, and, and it's in a positive way. It's a it's rather it's whether you're being. Um, authentic about it, I think, or genuine and, and not malicious about it, right? There's a there's ways to manipulate people that are either um, not for their own good, or or maybe when they don't realize it, and you're kind of you know misleading them or, or lying to them. But as long as you're authentic, then you 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 do want to manipulate that person's opinion um, and 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 get them on board with with your story. There, authenticity is something that we're going to talk about more a little bit later in the interview. Let's talk about the other book, um, the Simon Sinek book. Starting start with why? What's the gist of that book, and how is it? similar to the Dale Carnegie book. Start with why Simon Sinek really gives examples of of how corporations that understand their why and the why is their purpose and their motivation. So not necessarily their product, right? At Polycom, we have our video products, but our why is really centered around helping people collaborate and, and changing the way that people interact with each other in the world in a positive way. So that's an example of that. And and. What's really interesting, what clicked for me with with this concept with him is is that is you know it can kind of make sense uh, right on on paper where yeah make, you want to connect with somebody's why and get deeper than the product, but he actually ties it back to the brain right. So there's different sections of the brain that we've done research on throughout the years, and the limbic brain at the center right which is supposed to associate directly with the why and the how is where you make these real gut decisions based on loyalty and trust and trust and build relationships. So really the gist of the book is at the end of the day, you can sell your what and you can try to make relationships with people based on your what, right? But that's really artificial, right? That's that's going to be based on more rational decisions and and facts and things like that. A good example of that is a, a feature war of, you know, my my camera does this, but my camera does this, or, you know, the range is this, et cetera, right? Different resolutions. But you can get caught up in that stuff easily. Um, and, and everybody can talk about those things. But those who actually talk about their why and not just talk about it, but appreciate it and understand why they're doing what they're doing are more successful. And I think one of the, the most famous thing, lines from his book and from his, his TED talk around that is that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Um, and that's really stuck with me throughout, you know, since I discovered this over the last few years is, is really trying to center myself around not at all what we're doing, right? I'd rather not be talking about the nitty gritty details of what we're doing, but have the conversation and the sale ultimately happen and be done because of the why, the, you know, the trust that we built in the first relationship, the concept of what we're trying to deliver here. 
and and things like that. So it was a really good. It's a really good book on on really understanding what motivates people. Again, back to um, Dale Carnegie's book with with how to inf- win friends and influence people is this is how you make sure that you're being more genuine about it, centering yourself in your why, right? And being authentic about it and connecting with a person, understanding their why and motivating them based on that. Okay. And, and it seems like there are two different but connected whys at play here in every interaction. There's Polycom's why, and then there's the buyer's why. And it sounds like the idea is to sort of bring those two whys into some kind of alignment. Definitely. Yeah. You want to find the common ground between what you're trying to do and what your, your customer, your prospect, or your partner, your internal colleague is trying to do. Um, and, and most likely, there's going to be an overlap. There. There's going to be a connection where you two can help each other out. In our situation, right, we want to make sure that we're centered on our why so that everything we do feeds back into that so that as a company, we're more successful and, and, and whatnot. But you're right. There's the other part of it of making sure that you have the customer's why in your best interest. Okay. And that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about building rapport as a way to, to get to that why. So let, let's get into a few examples of what that actually looks like in a real life sales situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm pretty, uh, whether, whether in a good way or bad way, pretty famous for, um, you know, some of my, my video backgrounds and the stuff that I'll leave hanging on my office in our video calls because we, we are living on video every day um, at our company. So, you know, I, I, I often say that sports references and Star Wars references and things like that, while they may sound seem childish and silly, actually do a lot for this. So, so I guess a good example of that is is a lot of what I do is presenting to people um, and and interacting with partners and customers, and like I said, from all these different competing, not necessarily our competitors, but these competing needs, these competing whys. Um, so when we sit down in these rooms in our EECs or our briefing centers and we're all trying to figure out, you know, we're usually getting ready to go and give a big pitch to a customer. What I like to do instead is sit and watch and listen to the people during their introductions and really try to tease more personal information out about them. You're going to be able to figure out that they're either going to be ultra serious or laid back just by how they introduce themselves, right? And that's this whole concept of listening, right? Really more than just uh, you, you really got to be be picking up on all of these details. And then, you know, once you hear their motivations, you're able to understand what it is that they need. And the way that I get a lot of this information out, and I said it's about breaking down those barriers, is by having things that are not work-related that you can connect with. So, for example, I'll have a, you know, my Star Wars things in the background, or I'll have my big Bruins logo in the background, and they're either going to like Star Wars, um, or they're not going to like the Bruins, or they are going to like the Bruins. And it's going to spark a conversation that's going to allow us to connect outside of work, even just for a minute, right? Just for a moment where maybe we can make a joke. Um, and what I say is recently, right? I'm a New England fan. I'm a, I live in New England. We had the Super Bowl coming up. There was a lot of that going on the last few weeks. And unfortunately, it didn't work out in my favor, all of that, that trash talk. But the point was, is to not hide that, right? And we had those dialogues with customers. It was about sports. It had nothing to do with our video equipment and work, but it breaks down barriers, it gives you something else to connect on. Um, and at the end of the day, while it may have seemed like a very confrontational topic, all of these times you may not want to upset the customer. And there's always a, a line you can cross, and that's why you have to watch people and know how they're going to be. But, you know, that's an icebreaker is what it is. It's a, it's a conversation topic. You want conversation starters and icebreakers. Um, like I say, the big ex- example of what we're doing is it's very easy to hide mistakes with that, Right. A demo goes bad. Something doesn't work out well. It's much easier when 
you were just joking about the Super Bowl a minute before that, or you can bring that up, right, uh, as an example. And and that goes a long way in building rapport. As silly as it might sound on the outside, if you really dig down into it, that's what a lot of this is, is, is connecting with people on non-work topics uh, on whatever level it may be. Now, is the point in doing that specifically, is the point to make the prospect like you as a person? Is it about likability? It's probably less about likability. I, I don't want you to, I always say you don't want to be friends with the person, right? You don't need to try to make friends, best friends right away, but you need to make them feel comfortable with you enough to understand, uh, to trust you, right? So for a perfect example of this may be, I meet a lot with people who have interests in Cisco, right? Using Cisco, stuff that just doesn't, our interests do not, they, they do not work out together. Um, if I get what I want, they don't get what they want, or at least it appears they will appear that way on the outside. But you have to make sure that they know that you're not trying to uh, move one by them, right? You're not going to try to, you're not actually trying to kick out their their important part of their job, right? Or take their job by changing to polycom, things like that. It's the reality of the confrontational world that we're in and technology where there's people, there's always things in motion. But it's, so it's not about making friends with that person. We may never talk again after that meeting, but it is about making them feel comfortable with you. Um, and, and it comes down to trust again, you know, not a, you're not going to build out a full trustful relationship where you trust somebody with your life in a meeting, but it's a comfort level you can build. Okay. So if, if they feel comfortable and they trust you, they're more likely to open up and potentially get to that inner why that you're seeking. Exactly. Right. On the outside. And then if I keep harping on that Cisco example, where we're in these situations in our meetings where, on the outside, it may appear that that person wants nothing to do and there's nothing we can offer them. Um, and sometimes those situations go really south for us where they go back and they're decision makers at that customer and they're not, they're going to make decisions for our competitor. Um, and the key is to make them, you know, make them comfortable with you and maybe tease out some way that you can help them. Oh, look, I can give you something. I do have something that benefits you. And here's why, because here's something you told me that's a problem that you run into every day, or here's something you told me you wish was better. Even though you, it wasn't part of your sales pitch to them, you didn't go and tell them my product does this better than you, what you have. You listened to them and happened to hear maybe that they had a complaint. They want to do something a different way, things like that. So yeah, it, it is about just building that trust level to get to that why. And, and again, back to, again, to, to manipulate it a little bit, right? To manipulate that person to say, hey, I know what motivates you. Um, I can help you out with that. What does it look like to transition from that initial part where you're talking about whatever it is, Star Wars or sports? How do you then take that and transition into talking about the business, the, the thing that you're really there to talk about? I don't think that there's a, a real prescriptive way to do that, right? I think that hopefully it's natural. That's the hope here, right? Is that there is no um, set time where we're doing this. It's just that we're able to build that Almost, almost like you're, you, you create a welcoming environment for them, right? We want it to f be like that from the beginning when they come in, that, that we, we can transition easily between these personal topics and, and work without it having to be too awkward, right? Because if it's awkward, it's forced, it's not going to really work out. A good example of that is, is, is I say it a lot, it's an icebreaker, right? And hopefully icebreakers... Um, do what they're supposed to. They give everybody, uh, a, 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 you know, get that stress out there from the beginning and then, okay, let's just get on with the meeting. What I try to do, like I said, is not make it as formal, but sneak things in, right? Make it make it as part of the, the conversation and topic. Maybe sidebar conversations are the way to actually do this. You don't want to distract an entire meeting full of people, but maybe you pick up that the 
the guy uh, next to you at the table is is a, a, a fan of the same team or a different team you are, right? And you can start to build a rapport that way. So now let's go back to something you said before, and you use the term authenticity. But the term authenticity is kind of a tricky one because who you are and how you come across probably is a little bit different depending on who you're talking to. So let's just drill down on that a little bit more. What, what do you mean when you say that it's important to be authentic? Gotcha. Yeah. And that's um, to be authentic, I think to me is when I say go back and being centered on your why, right? Because you can, no matter what, um, what, uh, suit you're wearing that day, whether it's actually the the clothing you're wearing or how you're interacting with the people, how you're presenting, you should still, at the end of the day, no matter what, be able to say, I've centered on why I'm doing this, right? It's that I want to help this customer be better at video collaboration, et cetera, right? And, and the, the you got to be careful with the idea of being a chameleon often gets brought up and, and saying, hey, I need to fit in with everybody and connect with everybody. And how do you do that without, by definition, not being authentic, right? Because you're you're manipulating yourself in different ways to, um, or the way that you appear to other people. And and really, that's why I say you got to just, you have to have something to go back to to center on um, and make sure that at the end of the day, your decisions and what you're doing is based on that. And if you also then make sure that this, at the same time, you, you're trying to find the customers or the other person's why, you know, I think you can feel better about it and know that you're, you're working towards the right things. Okay. So is it fair to say that part of what you mean by being authentic is really communicating clearly to the prospect that you have their needs at heart, that you genuinely care about what's best for them? Definitely. Yep. And, and I think at the same time, it, it, that's part of it, right? Is that, yes, that's what you're trying to do is make sure that they understand that you have their needs. Um, uh, you're looking out for their needs, but also is being truthful when you don't have um, the right thing to offer them, right? Um, and this is the hard one of the hardest things to do. And if I have to give an example, another uh, another example of it is is when you're able to admit to a customer that yeah, we don't actually have what you want. You're right, <laughs> right? Um, or it doesn't do what you need, um, and that is another really amazing way of building rapport is is just being truthful with what you can and cannot do or what you know or what you don't know. Um, because it's saying, I don't know, I need to ask somebody is, is one of the best ways. I always say that too, is a great example of how you build rapport is you never want to um, pretend to know something or pretend to be able to do something you can't. Now, you mentioned also that an important component of all this is being able to listen carefully to what your prospects are actually saying. And I think that's something that's probably easier said than done. I mean, everyone knows how to listen on some level, but what what do you mean? What does it take to actually listen in the way that you're talking about? Yeah, I think that, um, again, I always, I always go back to Simon Sinek on these things. He always seems to have a quote for me, but he he, he put it the best way for me saying it's not about listening as much as it is being the last to speak um, is, is a way to look at it, right? So for me, um, if I go back to, to under, how why start with why clicked with me is I had a way to tie it to science with the limbic brain and say, oh, okay, this is why that makes sense. Um, the skill of listening, right? How does listening benefit me, right? And that's kind of how I was able to put this together and, and see how do I motivate myself to be the last to speak and how do you do that? And, and by, by listening, right, you want to actually ask questions that are going to get you towards understanding that person's why, right? We said the whole, whole point of this is understanding uh, what motivates that person. 
So it really comes down to asking questions. The only time you're allowed to talk when I is when I say when I'm in listening mode, the only time I'm allowed to talk is if I'm asking a question to get more information out of you. But it's not going to be about my opinion. I'm not going to share my opinion with you about it until you know, you've had a chance to share yours completely or the whole room has. So Randy, let's sum up. What is the main idea, the main thing that you want listeners to this podcast to take away? I think that the main thing is, is in order to build a rapport with people, you need to be authentic. Um, and that really comes down to making sure that you understand what your why is, both what your company's why is at Polycom or wherever, but your personal why, what you want to do. Um, and staying centered around that because that's going to help you be authentic, which then I think is the key to building trustful relationships and rapport. Um, at the end of the day, the key to building a rapport with people is just to, to keep it real. And that's how you um, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to, to win every time. But as long as you keep it real, then you're going to be authentic and build rapport. How can people reach you if they want to talk more about this? Especially if it's internal, they can reach me um, on Skype uh, right at, via my email address, um, randy.wintel.polycom.com, or just send me an email. I'd love to, to hear from you and discuss more about it. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, you can do that using whichever podcast app you have on your phone. Just search for Polycom Power Selling Series Podcast and click subscribe. Thanks for listening.